right, three, two, one. All right, we're on air. Josh, nice. how you doing? I'm doing good, man. <laughs> how you doing? Pretty good. Uh, happy to have you here. Glad to be here. Um, yeah, so uh, Josh and I have been friends for a really long time. Um, basically born <laughs> together. <laughs> well, he's a couple <laughs> years older than me, but... Oh, yeah. Um, our, our family connections have run deep, you know, sometimes before, you know, before us. Yeah, my, seriously. Yeah, my parents knew your grandparents and then knew your parents, and that's... The rest is history from that point. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. And uh, Josh and I spent a lot of time together. Um, and we both love cars, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah and you got, got a 3000 GT VR4. Mm-hmm, right? 93. Yep. What's the story behind that? So, so going all the way back, my love for sports cars in general started with my dad, my old man. His first car was, I think it was an early to mid-60s Pontiac. Mm-hmm. Not a GTO. I think they call it like a GT37 or something like that. Strange car. But mm-hmm. uh, that was his first. Had a V8, I think an automatic in it. And he said, you know, I wanted something more sport-oriented. So his second car was... A, uh, I think it was a mid seventies Trans Am, Pontiac Trans Am. Nice. And then he got <laughs> a, yep, he got he got a late seventies. Uh, I think it was like a seventy seven, seventy eight, so Smokey and the Bandit style. And then his third one was a early eighties Trans Am, a lot like what your dad has. Okay. Nice. And uh, yep, <clears throat> and then he had that car for. A little while, and then the 90s rolled in, and uh, Sam was born, my older brother. <laughs> and then that Trans Am was sold to... Uh, accommodate for some changes. Yep, <laughs> accommodate for <laughs> another set of doors and another another row of seats, basically. So that's what it, it had become. But that's how I got my love for cars, because, you know, Dad had... Even, even though he had, you know, had a family, he didn't work at a at a, at a, at a shop anymore. He still had his love for cars, and that's yeah. it's where, where I grew him from. And so I started to fall in love with Mustangs originally. And as I still love them, no doubt, the iconic American muscle car. There's no yep. doubt about that. Um, but I had always wanted one of those. And uh, your dad actually had that... Well, what, what, what I think that was a two thousand. Mm-hmm. It was like a forty convertible. Th- was it? GT. it was a f- yeah, fortieth anniversary. Really? Yeah, 40th? I think it was a fortieth anniversary. Wow. Yep. And uh, no, that wouldn't have been a fortieth. That would have been a thirty fifth anniversary. Mm, yeah, because Ricky's is a forty fifth. I thought. Yeah. Mm, so, maybe. So I'm thinking yours might have been a. Uh, yeah, it started in sixty five. Mm-hmm. Right. So if it was. 35th anniversary it would have been <laughs> something like that <laughs> I would say I'm not gonna do I mean, the math on my phone I'm not gonna let Siri answer this one <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah it was it was an anniversary car and I mean I didn't like rag tops and I didn't like the I forget what they call them because 80s are fox body styles and I forget what they called the the 90s 2000s style like a snake style I didn't think they were the best looking of the Mustangs but it yeah. was a Mustang it was a V8 and a manual gearbox and you know I said you know what I'd I'd love to have this as a first car. And so I bought my own driver's ed. I blew right through that. I loved it. I loved every second of it. 
and uh, I, I just wanted to drive for you know for years and um, that ended I got an A in that and uh, I went to do the you know driver's test a uh, an iconic moment in anybody's life I think yeah. it, it, a very important moment what I mean <laughs> when, when you get your first driver's license it doesn't matter if you get it you know 16 and you do the test or you buy it you know in, in New Hampshire here it's it's you know 18 and you can buy it over the counter but either, either way of doing it I think getting your first driver's license is like a huge it's, it's, it it's is a big it oh is yeah. a big step it's it's a big deal because that's a you know that's verification for pretty much the rest of your life mm, if you keep yeah. it so, so getting the first party mm-hmm. man card checked off. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> big, big part of adulting right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I got that written in drivers. I got an A. I, I was just very, very eager. I did that on a freezing, you know, icy, slippery, you know, January day. Too. Really? I'll, I'll never forget that. <laughs> yep. That's funny. Did you drive home? Mm-hmm. Right after yep, that? Yep, drove home really? that day. Yep, drove home that day. Wow. Dad, uh... Just, just let me do it all. We used his old, uh, was it two thousand seven, two thousand eight F one fifty. Yep. And uh, remember that yep. truck? <coughs> oh yeah. Some memories in that truck. Oh, that's yeah. for sure. Absolute, <laughs> absolute gem of a truck. So, what's the story behind finding your VR four? Well, yeah, that's what I was. Uh, after that, after getting the license, mom said, "You can get a sports car. I'm not worried about that, but it can't be rear wheel drive." And I said, "Okay." Okay. There's front wheel <laughs> drive and all wheel drive out there. And when I was thinking all wheel drive, the biggest thing that would come to mind is like your your WRX or your STI. Yeah. And during that yeah. time, even still, it stays today. Those cars are crazy expensive because of how iconic they are. I'm like, you know, I'm never gonna find a cheap all wheel drive car. No way. And so, I start looking around on Craigslist. And so for some people uh, who listen to this, before Facebook Marketplace was huge, Craigslist was first. <laughs> Craigslist was the place where you'd that find your first car. That is funny to think that some people so. won't, won't understand what Craigslist yeah. is. Some of the yeah, so the, the, the stuff we're talking about, whether it be like cassettes or 8-tracks or VHS tapes, and you know, kids don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, younger, so younger it's, kids. It's, it's crazy. Not that we're that old. No. We, but did, <laughs> we did live through an era where we had a little bit less of that kind of stuff. Yeah, before, before the... We we were we were of the era where when we're growing up as as kids and learning our first words, we're having memories of these these pieces that were before the technology age, before the '90s and 2000s technology craze. Right. And uh, it's during that time, and everything just changed to all modern technology. After yeah. the 2000s, everything changed. I think we're so. the last generation <laughs> that actually remembers regularly listening to music on CDs and tapes. <laughs> Old school you know, tech. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Even though I still do, because oh, yeah. that's what my, my car, car takes. Yeah, my car's reflective of that. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when The Weeknd dropped his new album, I got that in cassette tape. So I've dug everywhere. Two retro stuff. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Have them, I, it's, it's so cool. On, on you got to have them to have any class, you know. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I feel like, you know, not really a man card checkoff thing, but knowing how to use a cassette tape or to like unwind it and stuff like that. And the same goes for VHS tapes. Or I feel having like it's one just, and doing it. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's just, That's it, it, yeah, it, it's, I think it's, uh, at least for us as kids, it was a core memory. Yeah. And, you know, very, very important. Or when they would get all so. screwed up in the tape, in the uh, tape player and you pull it out and it was 
tapes everywhere. It was you get, like, you get so mad, and, and but yeah. you're trying not to break the cassette tape. Or you're trying not to break the the cassette system. Yeah, oh, exactly. So cool. You try not to pull something out, like pulling, you know, trying to pull out the tape with it. Mm-hmm. Same thing with VHS. Yeah, you know, because always you your favorite that. one too that you listen to all the time. Oh yeah, that's how you killed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yep. horrible. No, that's how it went. But yeah, I uh, back to the <laughs> back to the car. I was on Craigslist, and uh, I was looking up a Mitsubishi Eclipse yeah. because I was okay with getting like a front wheel drive version of one of those, even right. like the two thousands ones. Which for a car, so for those who don't know who aren't you know aren't car people, they're kind of people hate on them because they didn't really make a performance yeah, for version good reason. or anything like that. Yeah, they they were. <laughs> well, the later ones were <clears throat> the worst of them. Oh yeah. The earlier ones they had four cylinder turbos, which are mm-hmm. more iconic. And oh yeah. You know the Eagle Talon was kind of an eclipse. Oh, oh too. yeah, yeah. Like so, that was a neat yeah. car. The Those first were actually gen- yeah. quick. The first and second generations. The first generation with the pop ups, and the second generation from the nineties, uh, are the iconic ones. That's what everyone loved. And then the third generation came out in the early two thousands, and everyone hated that car. And then the fourth generation came out. And that had a V6, uh, a, a decent V6 in it, but... I had one of those a, ones. Yeah. You remember? You, yeah, yeah, you had the... You had the yeah, uh, the, no, the that, that was one. the worst so. car. <laughs> we still messed around in it. Yeah, we, still, we, we did. still beat yeah. the shit out of it. No yeah, doubt about did. that. I mean, but... Um, yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's your car, man. You it was a it. car that came from me blowing the transmission in my Focus. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, maybe I need from, yeah. and Maybe from all those uh, reverse donuts we were doing. In the yeah, that, that could be a <laughs> that factor. Um, played <laughs> a big part in that. Yeah, true. And just but burnouts in general in that car. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That was funny. That, that was a fun car, though. Yeah, that was oh. a fun car. For no, no tack. You had to, you no had tack, to, yeah. You had to listen my to it. My tack still doesn't work in my current Corvette. Really? Yeah. Is it is it, dr- is it is it by wire or is it by... Uh, it's, uh yeah, it runs off the distributor. Mm-hmm. So it... Yeah, um, yep. but I'm pretty sure the tag itself is actually broken. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, your face not too bad. Sometimes it works, but it's probably happened to me like twice in total. Mm-hmm. Anyway, enough about my my tag <laughs> We'll talk about it later. Um, yeah, but finding the VR4. Yeah, so looks up Mitsubishi Eclipse, and then uh, it was like results outside your search, and not far down from where we're sitting right now in Rochester, there was a 1993 3000 GT VR4. And I'm like, wow, this is actually a really cool looking car. It is sharp. It's sleek. Pop-up headlights. The ad says, you know, all-wheel drive, all-wheel steering, active suspension, active exhaust, active aerodynamics. Yep. You know, all, all this stuff, twin turbo, yeah, it's extremely know, ahead of its time. Yeah, manual sure. gearbox, and he's selling it for I think it was thirty eight hundred in the ad, and um, one hundred sixty six thousand miles. And I, and I look at this car, and I'm like, this car is loaded with technology. I understand yeah. that it has, you know, it's over the one hundred thousand mile, it's over the one hundred fifty thousand mile range, which is a, a letdown. But I was not, I was expecting, you know, close to. But like it was kept s- up. Though. Yeah. I was closing like I was expecting close to like seven to eight k yeah. for a car that's not like a wreck or, or like a yeah. salvage title, and uh, I do my research on the car, and um, turns out it is one of uh, four what they called halo cars from Japan, 
and during the 90s, there was a huge technology craze where uh, turbocharging had become immensely popular as a compensation for naturally aspirated engines, starting back with the, the gas crisis in the 70s. Yeah. And so when that happened, people looked for other means of power and turbocharging and supercharging were it. And Japan invested in that and they found ways of the turbos making even more power than the engine itself would. And... Uh, that's what that car is is essence from and uh it was the vr4 the mazda rx7 i think it would be more that the turbos were helping the engine make oh more yeah power, it, it, it does it? push it back into the engine but that's how it ends right. up producing you know yeah when, so when it's when it's turbo turbos on its own don't make any power no ex- exactly <laughs> right but it's like yeah just for like the people trying to read this it's like it's it's an air a forced induction system where it makes the engine produce more power, but under its own power without them, it only made about I think it was like I, I think it was probably like eighty horsepower under that. But heavily modified cars are making to in today's world now we've done so good with technology they're making like some cars make a thousand horsepower more than what the engine does because of the forced induction and and, and forging the internals of the car. So, yeah, but any, anyways, that's, that's what the, the car had, and so the Halo cars were VR4, Mazda RX-7, the Nissan Skyline, GTR, R32, R33, R34, and uh, the Nissan 300ZX Twin Turbo, mm-hmm. which was my car's main uh, competition. And um, turns out because this car had so much technology, like the suspension and the exhaust and all that kind of stuff, yeah. nobody wanted to upkeep the car. And they did not hold in value as well as your RX-7s or your 300ZX or, or your Supra Twin Turbos, yeah. especially. And uh, it, it, it just it fell through the cracks as, as, a, as, an, as an iconic car. And so that's how I managed to find this car. And uh, it had no rust on it because it had come from down south. And the guy wanted to build it into a track car, but he just did not have the time. So I, I look at it. I, I show it to dad. No, excuse me. I show the uh, ad to dad and, you know, dad likes it. It's a, it's a great starter car, manual gearbox. So it teaches you how to drive manual, which is, I think, is a very, for f- even in today's world, I think it's a, a check on your man card if you know how to drive a manual <laughs> gearbox. Yeah. It's, it, not a lot of people know how to do it. Yeah. In today's world, it's nice because it's a fail-safe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. You don't yeah, even need... If, if, yeah, if you have nothing else of a huge value in your car, you don't even need to lock your car in because n- ain't nobody going to know how to drive a manual yeah, and seriously. run away with it. <laughs> yeah. So. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have the same mentality when yep. I go to Hanford's or something with oh, my yeah. Corvette. I just leave the windows down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially, oh, yeah. The, especially that car. People look at that and they're like, what the heck is going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yep. But... No, no, but nobody understands why it takes a little longer to shift the gears than like even these newer automatics do. So, yeah, but it's uh, it it, it was it was just a, a really really great looking car and had a lot of a lot of perks, a lot of features that were attractive. We get there, we look at the car, you know, just just a beautiful design, no huge dents, yeah. no 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 major downsides. It was it was a good strong running car. Um. We drive it off on on the road, and what I love about bringing my dad to anything, and what I'm still trying to learn from him is that he has a really really good poker face. He has <laughs> the best way of pulling a straight face, and if he likes it, he has the perfect way of showing it and not showing it yeah. to the point that he's keeping interest, but he's not 
over loving this thing to the guy who thinks that oh right. I could push exactly. him for higher money. Right. He 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 puts his money where his mouth is, and it it it's just that's still something I've yet to learn from him. And I'm 23, wow. and I'm still I'm still trying to learn that. Yeah, from that him. would be, but it yeah. is a great quality. Mm-hmm. But he yeah. um he we we drove it. He he gave it a little a little bit of you know he gave it a little bit of juice. The car had been sitting for a couple of years. I just started, but it had been sitting for a, you know a while, not really driven driven. But uh, everything worked fine. Everything was great. The run was great, and uh, we get back uh, into the car and, and drive off. And Dad's like, and and I and I as we're walking back to the car, I'm like, all right, Dad, what you know, what's what's uh, what's the downside of this car? With a smile on his face, he's like, nothing. Like you don't see any mm-hmm. issues or problems at all. He's like, nope, nothing. And so on the ride back, he says, Josh, if you want to get this car, you have my support. I I like this car. I think it's a good car. And so yep. to, to make sure it's working, you know, in turn, nothing really surprising us. We bring an old mechanic friend of, of dad's who runs a shop not, not far from our house. And he looked underneath and he said, yeah, there's a lot of uh, rubber for like intercooler piping and whatnot, and it's 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 a little dry rotted. The tires are you know dry rotted from sitting, yep. but there's you're not going to get any surprises with this car. There's no leaks. I don't see any like you know not like it, and any like an oil leak or something. And yeah. so uh, <clears throat> we uh, we do the a couple like a week or two later we do the jitter back and forth on pricing, but we still settle on the original thirty eight hundred. Funny come to find out is that looking at the market right now. And with everything that's happening with inflation and whatnot in uh, 2023, that car, exact same car with no issues, and it would you know, you could drive it on the road, no problem, same day, is worth, I think it's like nine to ten thousand dollars, even at 166 thousand miles. Wow! And so we got it on, on in, a, in a really good uh, section. Uh, yep, bought it, drove it home, put a new set of tires on it. I, you know, do some more research on it and, um, <clears throat> I've, I've owned the car, you know, as, as my, as my first car, I bought it at 17 and for the six years of owning that car, it's still surprising me with what it has <laughs> for, for, for just how, how it works, how it runs. And I've learned new things about the car and, and even before I started modifying it, before I started tuning it. And I, I learned so much. The CD, so this was a funny thing about this car because it was the first of its kind. It's actually one of the first cars in the world to have a CD or a, a, a radio option that has an aux cord. Yeah. And it's okay. uh, they had them back in, you know, 91 because yeah. MP3 players before, you know, uh, cassette or like walking or Walkmans or, you know, actually after Walkmans from cassettes was uh, MP3 players before yeah. like the iPods and stuff like that. And um, right. it was just the aux you could click into and all the music you wanted without any issue of the radio. Yeah. You could listen to the radio. It had, a, you know, it has a motorized antenna so you can mm-hmm. hear it go off <laughs> behind you. That's yeah. so cool. It is cool. Um, and it has uh, a cassette tape, you know, on the, on the top of the radio as well. Yeah. And, uh, it was an option, but this one he put on it as well was a uh, a CD player behind the rear seats. It's what they call a two plus two seater. So it's two doors, but there's two rows of seats. Right. And um, so behind those rear seats, kind of like you have to open up the hatch to get to it. Basically, is a, is a CD player, mm-hmm. and you can put six discs in it, and it you know you can all operate it from from the driver's seat of the car. That's really cool. And so radio, 
aux, CD, cassette, you know, every, at the time, every single way to listen to music <clears throat> that you had. Wow. And it really was, cool. yeah, such, such a, such a cool car. It, it's, it has, uh, an equalizer system on the radio. Very, like even starting out like eighties, nineties yeah, type, like retro a, digital yeah, synth looking, wave kind yeah. of like what people love about that stuff. That is really cool. And yeah. uh it, it, it is one can, thing I loved about sitting in that car. Mm-hmm. There's all the lights and everything. When you when you drive that really thing neat. when you drive that thing at night, man, that with the uh electronic climate control that it has, the digital yeah, climate that is really so cool, cool looking. Such yeah. a, you know, they they really outdid yeah. themselves with all the, you know, LED fanciness. Such Those a, are expensive too. To get a replacement. Mm-hmm. Um Radio and climate control and all yeah. that for one to of those. Get, to get that specific it's radio, really there, yeah. To get that yeah. specific type of radio, they're about four hundred, five hundred dollars on eBay. Yeah, it's crazy. And, yeah, and f- and for the climate yeah. control ones, if you try to get a new one without the tabs broken, it's probably about one hundred and fifty, maybe two hundred bucks. Yeah, it's but a very you, unique uh, design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's unfortunately the climate control. The one of the lights burned out, and I need to replace it soon. Um, that is but a shame. Yeah, it, it is. It is a shame. But there's people that can repair them. Oh, good. And yep. so I'm gonna. I'm you don't gonna need find to get a whole new one for 500 bucks. Exactly. So <laughs> so ship it out and wait and let it do its. You know, let him do his thing of rebuilding it and then he ships it back to you. So right. Which is a which is a lot of way like these old cars go. It's like a huge. Uh, yeah, some of them. <clears throat> yeah, it's yeah. it's it's kind of like the a, niche cars like that. You it, know? Ex- exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like you know a, a really good the best substitute to swapping for a new one is repairing your old one. Right. And yeah. so, uh, yep, that's that that'll that'll be later down the road. I have to put my money <laughs> in other places right now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I uh, I get I get the car. I drive it. I I, I push the thing as hard as I can. When we did one of our first, uh, our 4th of July Robstock events, I yep. gunned it 130 down the road. Uh, wow. S- sorry, cop. That is fast. Yeah. I did that with Ricky in, in, in the passenger seat, and he was like, holy shit. <laughs> scared, yeah. scared the piss out of him. I, and I loved it. I loved every single second of it. I loved every single run I did. And <laughs> uh, I, I had the car for, oh, man, it was probably three years before the car started having a head gasket issue. So one of the big okay. things that the reason why it only needed an oil change and it stood the test of time for years is that starting in 93, because the car started to come to America in 91, but in 93 was the last year of the pop-up headlights. Okay. But yeah. uh, it was also the first year of a forged crank and um, some forged in- internals like the pistons. Okay. And it was it was a better block, what they call a four bolt as opposed to what was originally a two bolt block. And so this car had the engine that it was going to have on basically the rest of the VR4s until 99. And uh, it, it was it was just a, not really, I Didn't wouldn't say... did they make them after 99 too? I feel like they, they were They made them few. for a very short year in Japan yeah. only. Oh, really? But, uh, yep, 99 wow. was the last year in the States. Oh, okay. I and, didn't know that. Uh, yeah, those, and it was, it was only the one year of that body style was 99. That's why they're worth a pretty penny. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, even at like 100,000 miles because they were very limited numbers. Huh. But, wow. uh, yeah. That there was there there was that to play into it, but um, it was this is kind of like the unicorn car that people want to get, especially if they want the the pop up headlight one, because it has the forged internals, which is you know to tuning people was a was very very yeah, that's tempting. Yeah. That's like a, a gold mine, yeah. and uh, that's why the car lasted at about until about mm, 185 186 thousand miles. I got a head gasket issue, which was not even the car; it was just maintenance. And I said, you know what? I think it's time. Because this car is so old, I can't really resell it for more than what I bought it for yeah. because it has so many miles on it. And I said, you know what, it's 
it's time to build the engine. <laughs> it's time to basically make it a brand new car because yeah. I would drive it to cars and coffee and whatnot. And it, you know, the, I would drive it to car shows and it was the only VR4 there, let alone the only 3000 GT. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know if I mix mixing that with a sentimentality. I'm like, yeah, I really don't want to get rid of this car. It's saved my life so many times during like crazy roads or just like, you know, just, just other people doing making bad decisions and me having to, you know, compensate for it. Yeah. But that, that, that all wheel steering has some, there's some magic in that car. And like that time you and I, um, coming back from Walmart or something. Mm -hmm. It was not when the guy pulled out of the the Volkswagen dealership. Yeah. yeah. Volkswagen. Yeah. Yeah. You were riding. I think it was, I think it was shotgun. You were riding shotgun. Ricky and Joy were in the back, I believe. It was a full car. The guy pulls out. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Ricky Ricky was eating his knees and he didn't care because he just loved getting (laughs) in the car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was true. That was fun. Yeah. We're all obsessed with that car. Mm -hmm. Actually, um, Ricky, when you bought that car, Ricky actually himself went to look at that car. He did. Before you bought it. The guy talked to me about it, and I said, that's my buddy Ricky. Don't worry about him. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And um, I remember sitting around the fire one night, and he was like, I'm going to get that car before Josh gets that car. (laughs) And uh, that's Ricky's thing, though. And he didn't have the money at the time, but he has his own toy now. But Mm -hmm. He loves that um, Mustang. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's. I thought I was going into the ditch that we time. We all love that it, car. Yeah, I thought going, I was going into the into ditch. What? Yeah, be, because I mean, to have the the water go down, usually from the highways, is kind of like that dip right there where all the water. Wait, what runs time is down. this? What time are you talking when, about? When when we when I when I pulled the car when the guy pulled out in front. Oh, of when yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Because there's like the little the water right there, and I yeah. thought I was going straight for that, pull, and I yeah. pulled the wheel back. And the car just, no hesitation, just vroom, right yeah. back onto the road. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. I've, I have I slid on the ice once down in Virginia, and uh, it was starting to slide a little bit. You know, obviously, even even with any car, if, if you don't have, like, spiked tires or something, you're, uh, an icy road is going to be the downfall of a lot of cars. And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want to crash this car. And I was so right. nervous. And then and then it, it's, it slid and something in the tech or, or maybe something, you know, beyond our own understanding, the car just whipped back straight <laughs> after yeah. like trying to slide back and forth a little bit and trying to like reset the car sliding and it just whipped straight back. I don't know if it was the, the, you, you know, the, uh, the axle, the, the viscous coupling doing it, it's, it's stuff or the differentials, but it it whipped back so hard it hurt my neck a little bit <laughs> and so awesome. i i like pull into like this little parking lot and i take a quick breather and i'm like rethinking through all that happened and i'm like this car is i think i'm the only one yeah. that's ever gotten gotten your car to uh, break traction that's true <laughs> with, with those those were those general tires too those were those yeah. every days so all yeah, seasons yeah for sure but and um I was being a little rough with it. <laughs> yeah, that was that was but that was before the uh, the bullets. That was the were first time I think in. I've ever driven your car. Yeah, I think oh, we were going yeah. down uh, roller coaster road. Yeah, right up there. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was that really was awesome. Great. That's a great little road. Plan on going down there again, except the car will not lose traction this time. Probably I have, not. I have cars. I have I have tires that are a lot wider than that now. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, I saved my life there. It, it saved my life uh, on on that little ice trip and. Uh, I drove it through the snow, no issue. 
I've beaten front wheel drive cars driving in the snow in that car. I mean, obviously because it was all wheel drive, but but it just it loved the snow. It handled like a champ. I hated the salt. I washed the underbody of it. You know, it still doesn't have any rust yeah. on it because I wash the underbody every single weekend. <laughs> I spent yeah. I spent a couple hundred in in car washes that that year. I said, That's you know funny. what, no more. Yeah, those don't so like tired. salt. So. Oh yeah, they, they, don't they, like really don't. They, they don't. They don't like sitting in the grass for a long time too. That's where I was no. also blessed yeah. because the car's been sitting <laughs> for so long. Yeah, things that but sit uh, in grass <laughs> rot out mm-hmm. really badly. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I've I've been under this car so many times. When 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 I put the new tires on it a couple of years ago, we looked on uh, under it, and and the guys like this is an incredibly clean car, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm just as surprised as you are. Is it an older guy? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, and, and well, the I, guys you know. geek out with really nice old cars. <laughs> I mean, niche cars, stuff you never yeah. see. Yeah, true. I, I, you know, I've I've brought it to to dealerships just not to sell the car, but to like you know look at other cars for the heck of it. Because as a car guy, other cars will always grab your attention, and people look at your car and like they look at especially the people in, at the dealer doing their job. They're kind of like man, I really hope we get this car (laughs) (laughs) because they're just so rare. Yeah, for sure. It's such a, you know, a hidden gem kind of car. And, uh, you know, like I was going back to, like I was saying, just one of the reasons I I love, uh, you know, I I really wanted to keep it. So uh, I dig everywhere because with it being a rare car, of course, you're not going to, and, you know, you can't just go to some shop that does golf GTIs or, you know, WRX STIs or, you know, muscle cars. You have to find somebody who knows this car. Right. Because yeah, it's a very, yeah, because parts are People. very specific to this car. Yeah. And I found a guy out in Massachusetts and uh, he uh, he said, yeah, during the late 90s and 2000s, we worked on these cars so many times. He would give me a quote on what I was looking for from the previous stuff he had done, like previous cars he had worked on that the shop had worked on. Wow, that's he really was, cool. Yeah, he was saying in the early 2000s, they had four of those cars at a time sitting wow. at the shop, all VR4s. And uh, really so I was cool. like, all right, you know, it's, it's an hour and a half drive, but I will take it. That's the best yeah. I can get. Because in the yeah. other nearest one I could find that really knew how to do it was down in Connecticut. That's a wow. two and a half, you know, maybe three hour drive, depending yeah, on the traffic. Yeah, a long ways. Yeah, and, and I'm like, nah, I'm not going <laughs> to. That, that, that's good for me. So yeah, for sure. So lots of money later, probably about $20,000 into an engine and $15,000 into transmission and drive and, and drivetrain. The engine, you know, at least the block itself is completely bulletproof. It comes in from long. Uh, it came in from Long Island, New York, and there. Wait, you have a new engine in that car? Yeah. I thought you. I thought the old that, one that was, was rebuilt. That was the first year, so it's a, it's a forged block, and okay. I replaced my old block with that one. That was the. Um, what what is it, what is it called when you do that with, with 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 a company? Let me look it up on my phone, uh, real quick. You re, you replace the old ones and you take the new ones. It's kind of like a. Um, it's not like a cover charge, but I I forget what the term. Uh, is. core charge. Yes, it's a core oh, charge. Okay. It was it was yep. it was a core charge deal, is what it was, <laughs> and uh, so they got my old block, which they probably love because it's a '93, and uh, I got their new block, which is uh, forged rods, uh, forged crankshafts, forged block. These these that system can take over a thousand horsepower. Is it aluminum? I, I, I I'm assuming it's aluminum. I, I, they didn't I, make I, many I, things. I, I, I assume. Casting. I assume it is too. And, that, and that's actually that's what it was. It's probably billet. So, 
Yeah, on on top of that, yeah. that's that's what it was. Is that it was a it was a cast block for ninety one and ninety two, and then for ninety three they switched to aluminum blocks all the way up to ninety nine. So well, that's why people love the ninety threes. Yeah. But I just got a, a beef. It was the same thing, but just a, you know a, a billet, a beefier version, a bulletproof version, and uh, they can take over a thousand horse depending upon how much the turbos. Especially make. Japanese but, stuff. Japanese yeah. stuff doesn't do a lot of cast iron. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> not anymore. Not not, not no. after the nineties. Everything changed after that point. Yeah. So yeah, but that was fully built and uh, soon to be finished. Hopefully in about a month or so is a uh, a fully done transfer case and transmission that's built you know to to, to the seams every nut and, and how bolt. much power is it going to be pushing so uh right now i'm looking at about 400 to the wheels with the turbo setup wow but when i when i'm done with it i want to be putting out uh a little over 600 wheel horsepower on wow. an e85 tune and uh definitely wow. possible and um but that means down the road I'll be getting a uh, bigger, a better set of turbos, and excuse me, a uh, a new set of uh, heads and a top end, basically, because right. the bottom end's right. already been redone. So yeah, that's that's basically the story on that car. Is that it? Uh, you know, my 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 passion, my uh, <laughs> my first love, as a lot of car guys call it. But um, <clears throat> it's 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 just been a joy to drive and and a joy to be with. And outside of the car itself, everyone loves talking about that car. In, yeah. in the years that I've owned it, the kids show up, you know, and look at it, it's like what a cool car, and they talk about it. But it's also the adults that have come up to me and it's like, you know, I had a buddy that owned this car, or like I used mm-hmm. to own like the SL or, or the base version, or I had a uh, you know, I had a buddy that had like the Dodge Stealth, which was the Dodge version of the car. Right. Yeah. And uh, now that didn't did that <laughs> have the active arrows and stuff? It didn't have active it, aerodynamics. Okay. So, if I'm trying to remember what Stealths had, a- a- active arrow was one of the things it didn't have. And they um, did have the all-wheel drive and the viscous coupling mm-hmm. and all-wheel all, steering all, all, and all stuff. Dri- I think all-wheel drive and all-wheel steer is what they had. And they also had the suspension and, and the exhaust. Yeah. Um, and they had pop-up headlights in the, in the first year as well. What was um, the Dodge Stealth with the turbo called? Was that like a Dodge Stealth RT or something? Yeah. So RT was a trim level, but they were simply called twin turbos or RT twin turbos. In, oh. in, in the forums on Facebook, we just refer to them as Stealth twin turbos, Stealth hmm. TT. And uh, because out in Japan, so this is the funny thing, it was only called a 3000 GT in uh, America and some European places. Yeah. It was actually called, uh, in England and in Japan, it was called a GTO. It was, mm. the original name was a Mitsubishi GTO, but you couldn't use that over in the States because of the Pontiac GTO, exactly. which, which had come out 40 yeah. years ago. And out in uh, Europe, I can't remember which one of the cars, but one of them had the had the GTO name, and so they couldn't use it, and that was replaced with 3000 GT. Huh. And uh, that's interesting. Yeah, nobody really knows why 3000 was like a specific word, but I'm also just saying is like its main competition was a 300 ZX. So mm. that's putting yeah. one you know like. one one more zero <laughs> on on top of that. So people are saying that's kind of was like a little dig, but no no one really knows for sure why that was the choice. But it w- it was a GTO and a GTO TT over a twin turbo over in in uh, England and Japan. That's what they called it. But uh, yeah, so it was it was it was three thousand. But um, ev- ev- everyone loves yeah. When I bring it to a car show, ev- everyone loves talking about that car. 
and 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 it it just has so much history besides itself besides what I've done to it the car itself and and you know its legacy that it that is is done to the car community just had a lot of history mm. because it was just a forgotten gem and people look at it and it's like oh wow a unicorn and yeah. it, it's 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 just so so fantastic just one of the perks of owning a of a rare car <laughs> at the same time I feel like it's a blessing and a curse for me because I um. Not, not, not only are parts like ridiculously hard to find, like when I had to get upgraded parts for that car, I had to do uh, overnight parts from Japan. So literally the Fast and Furious meme, uh, <laughs> that, that's part of it. The car does have yeah. overnight parts from Japan. I had to get brake calipers from Ontario because they were the only people that could actually re- that actually wanted to rebuild the car. The transmission, wow. like I said, the block had to come in from Long Island, but the transmission had to go all the way out to Colorado because that was wow. one of the few people that actually wanted to upgrade that transmission. And uh, the transfer case went down to Missouri because that's another transmission place that they know how to do that as as well. So it, it's just a lot of exported. I've gotten German parts uh, before, a lot of you know import export items, but uh, yeah, that's that's one of the 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 drawbacks of it. And also was just um, it's just cursed me at looking at other cars because. What do you mean? Well, well, because with with sports cars, to me, it's almost become that that's not good enough. I like cars that are rare. I like cars that are hard to find, that that are dig into it. You know, I don't just want like a, a V8 manual Mustang. I want a KR edition. I I, I'm, I I love a GT500 King of the Road. I, I love a Super Snake. The yeah. ones that are ridiculously hard to find and the ones you may not see again. <clears throat> we went out to, you know, Miami a couple months back and everyone has those Lamborghini Huracans. To the right, point that it doesn't yeah. impress me anymore. I right. want to see an underground twin turboed one. I want to see an STO performance version. You know, right. the ones that you look at and it's like that have like the plaques on the engine or, or on the center console. And it's like, you know, the chance of you seeing this version of the car again, this special edition is is rare. So that's right. what's really grabbed my attention. And that's and that's what kind of that's what this car's kind of done to me is, is, is ruin that experience because as much as I love seeing other people's builds, and I respect them, no doubt about that, I, I, and, I, and I love what people have done to their cars, and, and you can put rare performance parts on a car as well, and that you know that, that's uh, incredibly respectful because you've dug everywhere to find this piece. But, uh, you know, these, these people show up with these, you know, it's, everyone shows up with these new C8 Corvettes, these mid-engine Corvettes, and it's like they're all over the place now. It's true. You know, you see them all over the place, mm-hmm. and and, and it's you like, do get tired of seeing stuff. Yeah, it, it's I I don't want to get too con- controversial because people can get you know start. Well, no, I, I agree. Punch, and one thing <clears throat> I've noticed, um, in my perspective, is the car, what cars are to people, um, has kind of drifted from something. Um, has kind of has kind of fallen away from what it used to be. It seems. Or there seems to be um, a certain group of car people that I don't want to say there's not a lot of class. <laughs> not get a lot of heat. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, about. there's like the you got to picture these people with the uh, with the WRXs with the yep, with the rims yep. with no skin on them, mm-hmm. and with the um, just <clears throat> these crazy decals and these. Ridiculously sounding backfiring exhaust. Yeah, you slam the car. You want to be not. Yeah, so there's this there's this community, and then there's the these incredibly eccentric, um, 
almost like not incredibly eccentric, almost just like very simple people that love what they do, and they have a wonderful sports car that they drive that they built sometimes themselves, mm-hmm. that they have a lot of heart into, or that they spent a lot of time finding, or maybe it ran in the family, you know. And these are the people that like to gracefully drive their sports car. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they love. Um, they lo- a lot of people. A lot of times, these older guys they love working on it. Oh yeah. Um, and they love the history behind the car and just everything about that car. And, uh, I think, I think a lot of the car community has lost that. Mm -hmm. The cars end up being like a, a show off item. Yeah. Kind of an identity, a piece of their identity. It, it's, it seems that there's a really big part of that And that can be, and that can be something, um, Maybe maybe a car can be a piece of you a little bit, but it's it can't be to the point where that's everything. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah. that kind of seems like where it's gone with a lot of people yeah. nowadays. Like I see at car shows, mm-hmm. when people totally just they rely on that car to make them who they are. Mm-hmm. It is. It, a, it, it's it, kinda, it becomes it's an kind of a turn point. off. Yeah. It's like. It's uh, it's kind of not fun to watch. It's kind of depressing a little bit, mm-hmm. actually. The the big, in my opinion, the big difference is like there's a, there's a performance and a visual part of, of the community. And I don't get me wrong, people slam their cars to have fun. I've I've seen that. Well, I'm, driven not, in cars I'm not. Uh, I'm not <coughs> crapping on anyone. I'm just uh, no, no, no. no. I I, I agree. Ob- uh, observation of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, it's like you know you 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 tune the car for for performance. Be because you, you want to get the power side out of it. There's nothing wrong with you know like slamming it and and, and for that kind of no. like and, and no. that in, enjoyment of it, but it's just the loud well, exhaust can, and a lot of stuff that comes. And I'm not saying that's bad either. Of, like I love no. loud exhausts. But it, but it is you know <laughs> the, the fact the fact that there's like no performance numbers backing it up. It seems to a, a lot of times more than not it comes from a very look at me kind of standpoint. But yeah, so. there are there are a lot of people that it seems like their entire identity. Um, kind of leans against that car. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, if that car was gone, they wouldn't be anything. Mm-hmm. It's kind yeah. of a shame, and you can tell when the, you can tell who those people are. Mm-hmm. You know, because of their attitude towards their car. Yeah, um, and, and it's like, don't get me wrong, we we love our cars, and to, and to us, it, you know, they're they're very very precious. But and you can tell when a person isn't that way too, because a lot of times they'll let you drive their car. Mm-hmm. Like especially that that yeah. is in a that mm-hmm. is a perfect way. Yeah, of, I, um, I I feel like there's a really even in between of you love your car, but at the exact same time, you know, you're not like your entire identity doesn't rely a, a, on the car. Ex- exactly. Yeah. It, it's it's like your life isn't engulfed it, yeah. by this car. <laughs> Yeah. It's funny we're talking about it because I'll be completely honest. A good part of my life has been <laughs> engulfed by that car yeah. because it was, you know, it, it well, was I my passion. There, there but, I, but I feel like the passion is, is a big part of it. Yeah. There definitely is something to making the vehicle um, exactly what you want it. Oh yeah, that's sure. that's the passion of, of, yeah. of the drive. You know, like you know. I, I've actually had the idea lately that instead of like buying cars and using them up until like. Until they're done, and then I go buy another one. Mm-hmm. Instead, maybe I should buy something that I love, that I can daily drive. Mm-hmm. You know that, and I'll build it exactly the way I want it for its exact purpose, mm-hmm. and I'll have it basically for forever. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah, I mean. That's, that's the thing of these cars actually, what I've been be looking at lately is a Toyota um, Land Cruiser. Mm. 
for a daily. Wouldn't that be sweet? Fantastic cars. You don't see them a lot anymore. Land Mm -hmm. cruisers? No, especially not the old ones. They're becoming pretty pennies now, but you can't get them imported. Really? Yep. I was looking at a 1989 the other day, and that had 240-something thousand miles on it, (laughs) but it was mint. Right. Right, yeah. So this person obviously took super good care of it, Mm -hmm. and, and it was just a beautiful truck. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. just like, I can I can make this exactly what I want it. Mm-hmm. Probably super reliable to Toyota. Yeah. You heard about the guy who went a million miles on his Toyota Tacoma? Yep. Uh, oh yeah, I, I know the million mile Tacoma. There that was the uh, there's the uh, the burnt marshmallow tundra that went through the uh, I think it was the California fires when that was a really big thing uh, a couple really? months ago. I mean, don't get me wrong, they still have fires, but like there was one that was huge. It engulfed everything, and this guy had a white tundra that he just drove everywhere to help people that were stuck in these fires. <laughs> and the wow. fi- and the fire burnt, you know, some of the, you know, s- some of the sides of the truck, and naturally the paint, you know, would, would burn with it, and yeah. it, it looked like a marshmallow. And was it white? So, yeah, was it, white it, truck? It, it was white, and then it would That's like turn. Funny. It would turn to brown, and then and they're kind of bubbly so. looking trucks too. Yeah, so yeah, it's it, like it, round exactly. like a marshmallow. So yeah, so so there was like spots all over the car, almost as if it was like a burnt paint job. Yeah, you know, it was nature's paint job done to that car, and uh, the guy who did that, Toyota gave him a brand new truck, wow. and they That's really cool, and they got to keep that one, and it's actually in one of their museums. Yep. Wow, the that's Toyota, really cool. The Toyota Tundra Burnt Marshmallow is, is what they call it. <laughs> so it, it's just a wicked cool car. There, there was really that neat. one. Um, oh man, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of the other one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, while we're talking about like mileage, there was that, that Volvo. I think it was like a, a P100 or whatever they called it. That the yeah, guy Volvos go a long time. This guy <laughs> had uh, three million, over 3 million miles, and he's still clocking on his car. 3 million? He had it as his first car oh, out, out in uh, Sweden. What's this guy I do for say. a living? A lot of, lot of driving. Lot Does of he commute on the autobahn, whatever it's called? Well, it, it wasn't, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't in, in Germany. It was out in uh, Sweden, I, I think it was, oh, okay. the Autobahn. Isn't Volvo Swedish? Mm-hmm. Yep. They are Swedish? Yeah. Okay. So he had bought it as, it was his first car, and he had just kept driving it. It was, it was 3 million miles. And uh, he had three engine rebuilds, but it was the same engine. It was yeah. the same car. Wow. And it's he really cool. had, you know, just, just kept driving it. And he's one of the very, I don't, I, I think he's like one of the only people at that point that he's like the, the three million mile club. And wow. it's, it's just really cool. Really cool stories. It's like, you, you know, we, through, through this whole, this whole, this whole time we had, it's like, yeah, we, I'm not really, I'm not saying like, you know, you know shit on people. Everyone has their tastes. Ev- everyone has their styles. But, you know, the, there is like an in-between of, of, of driving it for other people that get attention or driving it because you love the car. There's a difference between like the passion of building the car or, you know, why, what, what is your drive for, for have it, having, having this, this vehicle, you know, is it, is it, is it to the point that it's too much as like, it's, is it, it's like, it's a, it's a part of you, but is it, a, is it a part of you that, you know, it's okay with just what happens in life, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's just a crazy, crazy community where we're all figuring out that we have our own taste. Right. And, and, and that's yep. the whole thing about respect the build, you know, and it's like, sure. Yeah. I, true. yeah I, I, you know, <laughs> these cars can, you know, to, to me, it's like some cars, you know, don't look good. Sure. But I respect what you've done to it. That costs money. That took time. That took a lot of waiting to put that car the way you wanted it to. And you have fun with it. And I respect that, you know, in, entirely. Sure, there's the people in the community that are, that are just 
just just really crude people but you're always going to get that with any community yeah that's true so you're so right. it, it's it's just for us we're in enjoying our cars don't get me wrong i think it's still insane that people out on these youtube videos just drive their ferrari f40 through the mud you know i What's, i never yeah who does oh, that yeah. oh yeah they uh who drives a ferrari through the mud what was it? What was the video? Tax the rich was a YouTube video that that did it, and they drove it through a uh, farm. They drove an Enzo, Ferrari Enzo through a farm area in in the Why? dirt, just for fun because that's what they like to do. You know, it's 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 their taste. Yeah, it's, but it's isn't that style. car like over a million dollars? Oh yeah, F- ex- exactly. And that's the whole that's, that's an iconic. That, that, that's the whole Ferrari. funny thing about this community, because <laughs> there's just so many different tastes and what they like. You know, don't get me wrong; they probably had a lot of fun, no doubt about that. I got a question for you. Yeah. Do you think the white Lamborghini from Wolf of Wall Street was a, w- a real Lamborghini? No, not in no. not not in a million years. No, <laughs> no car in the history of Hollywood has been a genuine car that they destroyed. Really? The, the what about the Dukes of Hazard? Um, I think they actually destroyed well, yeah, Dodge Chargers. That, that, that would be, but they, but but that's because Dodge made so many. Yeah, at the s- at the same time, I don't really support that decision though. I think they did have like like a tough chassis, like a rolling chassis, and they replaced the body panels Probably. all the time. Probably. But like to have a new car every single time would have been a lot of money, even for that show, and even for that show standard. Well, they they did but, a lot. <clears throat> they had a lot of new. Oh, oh a yeah, a lot of different ones. Mm. How how else. did the mechanic always know how to fix it up every single time? Yeah, true. Uh, what did they do yeah. on that farm that made them so much money? <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off Crazy. though, I think they had a real one and they had a fake one. Yeah, the the real one was the one they was was casually driving around, but the one where the 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 what is it the parking guys take it over. Oh and yeah. And they so when they do the jump across and it lands and smashes that nobody's gonna do that to like a twenty million dollar car. <laughs> yeah. And so they had a, a fiberglass kit, and then the say it was I think it was the same kit that was used when he puts it. Spoilers. He kicks it, and then the thing goes in reverse and out the window. It's an awesome scene. It's dude. a heart wrenching scene. That is, is such a, is. a nightmare um, fuel. <clears throat> Like surreal scene. I know <laughs> because he's like he's like he's confessing that mm-hmm. his fugue state or whatever he mm-hmm. was in, where he was sitting in the pool like <laughs> contemplating like drowning himself. Right was um was fake, and yeah. then he's like, and then he, and then he's like to Simone like I watched you change and that whole thing, right. and it's like. Okay, first that was fake. Then you mm-hmm. watched my girlfriend change, and then he kicks his his dad's front bumper to his Ferrari mm-hmm. okay, yeah, kicks the while they're trying to take the miles off. Oh, it's just the most surreal, car. messed up <laughs> scene ever. And he's like, I think you it's think about, about time. It. Yeah, he's like, it's about time me and dad had a little talk. It's like, sure, but you're never gonna see the light of day again. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Crazy. And then he starts laughing after. Mm-hmm. Like he's just Cameron's mm-hmm. like compl- gone completely psycho, in that right? Scene. But at the same time, it's like I get it. He's let so much of being scared control his life, and it was yeah, part true. of his like coming into his own. But that I, was the snapping moment. Oh yeah, I I I understand that. Like that's what you know. That's what he did. But at the exact same time, us you know these car our, our, as car guys don't really like it because it's like. Was that really what it was to make it come to that? <laughs> there could have <laughs> been something else, but. Yeah. Just the way the plot worked out, you know? And, That's and an amazing it, it movie. Is, it is an amazing movie. Uh, what is it with cars? Um, the original Italian job from the 60s or the 70s. I can't remember when it was made. The opening scene is he's driving this bright orange Lamborghini Miera. 
And for those people, you know, not car people not listening, the Miera is what a lot of car guys consider the godfather of all supercars because it was one of the first cars to make it over 170 miles an hour. Uh, a V12, five-speed manual gearbox, mid-engined. Careful with that. It's a, You could pull it out of the microphone. Uh, yeah, yeah. Then you wouldn't have a, a voice anymore. <laughs> no more voice. <laughs> all right. Yeah, just, right. Just messing around with the phone. But yeah. Um, yeah, it uh, it's it's this beautiful drive up in the Italian mountains. He's rowing the gears, mm. gorgeous noise during all that driving. It's a real Lamborghini. Really? And that yeah. they used in the movie? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, they, really that cool. they used in the movie. That sold for I think it sold for a couple million uh, uh, a few months ago. I think when it was wow. the, the same the same chassis number. Yep. But um, it uh, at the end of that scene, he. Because of his spirited driving, as as, mm-hmm. as it's called, is in the community, he uh, gets into the uh, in the way. Of this other, I think it was like a truck or something like that, loses control, flies off the side of the mountain, and it crashes. Obviously, that's a fake one. Yeah, obviously, yeah. you would never okay. <laughs> have a two million dollar Lamborghini go <laughs> right. go through the paces like that, yeah. and uh, and and have it roll down the hill like that. So, a, a lot of times, it's 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 just a, a rolling you know a rolling chassis, right. Um, uh, gone in 60 seconds the Eleanor GT500 there was an actual car so there was no, actually no I, I, I reset that there were 10 cars that were made for that film and they were all show cars five of them were made to have really good handling for like inside the city to like turn on a dime and there were five other cars built for straight line speed when he does the tunnel run or like through the LA River and he also does the, the bridge jump and uh the body itself, though, was a modified 1967 uh, Shelby GT500 that Kale Shelby actually approved of the design. Wow. And uh, one went across the lot years ago, and it sold for a million dollars, like, even. And um, I believe, uh, what's his name? Nicholas Cage has one. He has really? he has one of the build cars. And and that car set off the, the iconic style for just... You know, so 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 many people have made fiberglass copies of the Eleanor car in different paint styles. What's that so. movie coming out with Nicolas Cage about Nicolas Cage? The, oh, that already that, that that's already come out. The oh, really? um the unbearable weight of massive talent is what he called it. People love <laughs> that movie, dude. I want to yeah. see it. I want to I want so I want to see it too. But people love the shit out of that movie I, I because it's it's so Nick bad. Cage. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel awesome. I feel like in a lot of ways Nick Cage in Hollywood is kind of like the Nickelback of you know what what Nickelback is to music Nick Cage is that to you know Hollywood mm. because he's such like a he chooses to be in these very odd movies but yet gives a wicked good performance you know yeah it, he's it, a great just, he's a great actor yeah it, it's it's like how how do you how do you go from you know, stealing the Declaration of Independence and kidnapping the President of the United States to finding your lost pig <laughs> that was stolen, what? or which like, one, which one so was there that? was a, there was a movie called Pig that came out, and he's this guy who just he he's he's uh, he's a hermit, huge beard, long hair, you know, the whole Jesus appearance, and <laughs> uh, he has this pet pig that apparently can sniff out these mushrooms and make like a not I don't think it's like weed but it but it's it, it can make something that is like a it's it, it's a marijuana type it's 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 a drug hmm. and it's a very special drug that only the apparently only the pig knows how to sniff it out 
and uh, these people find out about this and they steal his pig. So naturally, he goes into the city <laughs> to find his lost pet pig. The magic pig. <laughs> the magic pig. That's awesome. But the movie gets more interesting because it turns to find out that that was a wild goose. That I was. Don't a, watch that. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. So I won't spoil it huge for you. But um, it was. It was. It was. Yeah. It was. It was definitely a, a, a crazy movie. Be, but people liked it. That people sounds liked like it. an awesome movie. Yeah. There's another one that came out recently. Um, just you know, a, a low budget, like a no, definitely like a like a, like a B movie, definitely no AAA or red carpet movie, but uh, <laughs> it just came out, and he is this uh, janitor at this Chuck E. Cheese type place with the animatronic machines. Yeah, and it's a take on like uh, was it like Five Nights at Freddy's, where okay. they come alive at night and they start mm-hmm. like going after these kids, and he's part of it, and he barely says anything in the whole movie. He just goes out and kills these animatronics. <laughs> wow. That's most That's of the movie. That's a weird it, movie. Yeah, weird movie, but people said, yeah, this is fun. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a fun, it's a trip. It's a fun experience. Because I think this people have recognized Nicholas it. Still Nick Cage, you said? Yeah, yeah, still Nick Cage. Okay. Because people recognize at this point that it's, it's Nick Cage. You're never going to know what he's going to do for a movie. He makes these weird, you know, he chooses to be in these very weird, out of style films. Those but are at the, best the same ones. Yeah. But at the same time like, he gives uh, an incredible. Johnny Depp does the same thing. Oh yeah, exactly. That's yeah. and that's and that's what I'm saying, is like like not so much niche, but just like an underground type film, an indie film. Right. And and that's and that's what makes them so much fun is that it's, it's low budget. Go, you know, do your style, but you know, yeah. don't be afraid to try something out. And it's you know, that's that's what people really liked about those movies because they think outside the box. And uh you know, that's what makes Johnny Depp's movies so great because he thinks outside the box in general, but while also thinking inside the box in its own way of what makes this character this character. Right. You know, he he can analyze and adapt to this character's personality so well and so clean, so naturally, that that's why people love to see him in his movies. It really does not look like Johnny Depp. It looks like whatever character he's playing. You know, it, it's it's the believability of the whole character. And that's what people love about this stuff. So, you know, and that's uh, that's why people loved him as Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Is, is, is that the whole moving, the really weird way he would do his physical motions and right. his, his body language, as well as the way he spoke and, you know, the, the things he had, he had said and the way he said them. It, it was just, it was the epitome of a mostly drunk pirate who acts really stupid, but always has a plan. Always, yeah. you know... What 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 I what I've always said about Jack Sparrow is that it wasn't important about what you knew or even what he knew. What was important to Jack is about what you didn't know, because he could play that on you. Mm. And that's what Beckett in the second and third movie, you know, Cutler Beckett hated about him because he was always getting the best of him because of what he didn't know. Mm. But that's why Beckett went out to do what he did because he went to conquer the entire sea. Because then wow. Jack had nowhere to hide, no more yeah, secrets, right. no nothing. And that's what made him like a very formidable opponent, and, wow. and people sleep on that a lot. That's a good yeah. analysis. Yeah, it, it's, it, really it, it's it, that, that's that's what I love so much about it, and and that's you know that, that's why I kind of disagreed on the fourth and fifth one because sure every pirate can get down on his luck, them, but it's just not as fun, no, not not okay. as not as dark, and it you know, wasn't as dark. The second and third movie were so dark, so and the fourth and fifth kind of put this. Disney World twist. Chi- yeah, it. childness on a yeah. PG-13 name. And it's yeah. like, 
you could have ran with something it's being a so movie. tough. Yeah, Pirates of Barbaric, not princesses. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I also I also didn't like how they treated Blackbeard. I mean, I think Ian McShane is a really good actor, but I really what hated didn't you how like they treated about Blackbeard. Blackbeard. So, uh, Blackbeard. I mean, pirates being another one of my big hobbies. I love the pirate ages. Uh, Are you Bla- talking about how they treated him compared to how he was in how real How he life? was in real life. I mean, don't get okay. me wrong. It's Hollywood. You can have it a little off. But pirates feared him, but not in the fear of, like, afraid of him. Some did, but it was mostly, especially other pirate cap, you know, other pirate captains, other, other you know, uh, pirate kings, they respected him. It was a fear out of respect. Right. Because the stuff that he did and the and the the stuff that he learned how to do as a pirate and how to take over ships and how to like but you know scare your opponent sure was legendary. The stuff mm. he had done to to win a ship was groundbreaking, and it you know it taught people so much about piracy. Uh, uh, you know it was like it was it was it was like a one hundred and one. You know piracy one hundred and one is is a lot of of what he had founded on top of like the pirate code that uh, Bartholomew Roberts did. But no, nobody was, like, scared of him like that point. Or, like, he hated other pirates and was, like, cut them out of his way. He was actually a very respected man. And hmm. Blackbeard respected other pirates. Very much so. Wow. And, you know, he, he had Where'd worked with... Where'd you learn all this about Blackbeard? A book. Really? <laughs> um, it's, 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 it's a mix. Uh, Assassin's Creed, Black Flag... Yeah, I mean, it's an Assassin's Creed game, so obviously you're playing as a character that didn't exist, but they base, you know, the, the historic characters off of their, you know, historical accuracy. What book did you so, read? Um, man, I think it's called The Life of Pirates. My mom got it for me uh, a year or two ago, and I read it last summer. I read it the whole way through, and it's about the entire golden age of piracy from, um, I think it was like... 1690 I think or like 1700 all the way to like the 1720s because that was a what that was pretty much the end of the golden age of piracy because piracy in itself had started a lot in the 1600s okay but the legendary stuff that we know of of the pirates of like Blackbeard Sam Bellamy and Bartholomew Roberts those people were from the early 1700s and what they did they were the first people not really the first but some of the biggest people to go against the British crown this revolutionary type stuff would set the set the pace for a country to grow from Britain, you know, America. Hmm. A, a wow. lot of stuff that the pirates did about rebelling against the king was in the same mentality of what you know the the colonies had going up against the British. Wow! It it was wanting to be free from the crown and the, and the rules and you know the lords always someone being better than you instead of being your equal. Wow. And uh, that's where piracy began. That's really you know, cool. It, it's it, it's yeah it's 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 kind of funny because you know nowadays we're looking at like the Somalian pirates as as like a, a bad thing. And don't get me wrong, they're with with, with countries that are peace that they, they are. But when you're when you set up when you set up a revolution, there's always it's always going to look bad to a lot of people. When you when you set up when you when you set up a revolution against how the order has been for so long, it's going to look criminal. But that's the Somalian pirates. So. The Somalian pirates? Yeah. Uh, they're the ones that are going out. I don't know if they're really as, as big as they used to be, but in the uh, 90s and 2000s, you know, uh, what's, what's, the, what's that Captain movie with uh, Tom Hanks where the guy's like, look at me. 
I am the captain now. You you know you know that hmm, that movie. No. Well, it's it's a really good movie. But those are the ones. They're you know, they're they they take over these ships and they sell it onto like black market, and, huh. and and whatnot. They're modern day pirates for sure. But it was a whole different reasoning. You know, yeah. in, in my opinion, if they if they wanted wasn't, to, wasn't about independence. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, it's you know, if if these Greek. Somalian pirates wanted to go to like a free country and get a job, they could. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, but it, right. that you know that wasn't the case back in the 1700s. No. If if you because the sun never set on the British Empire, it was everywhere, yeah. and there was it was just so widespread. Like they were beating, you know, they they had conquered this not really conquered, but they were more powerful than the Spanish, and they were more powerful than, than the French. And even if you went to Spain and France, it was it, it was it was still contributing to a king. You know, mm. you were still paying your. There was no real idea of freedom and free people thinking freely as an, as an equal democracy. And uh, that almost why could be more freedom than now, though. Hmm. There almost could be more freedom than now, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because um, they had less of uh, this type of stuff, mm-hmm. phones, and <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's a little well, bit... Well, yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to get too political. They were a lot more detached mm-hmm. from government, it seems. Cause, cause and it was when a, governments it was got really bad um, individual men, it was easier for them to take over. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, easier mm-hmm. for them to revolt, like you were talking about yeah. with the pirates. But that happens with a lot of countries, though. Yeah. It always goes to it to its biggest, and then it it gets full of itself. I guess you could say it, it gets it gets to its mightiest, and it, and it gets too power hungry, and then it collapses, and, and you know it it collapses right. from the inside. Yeah. But every single you know, Which I feel like is what's happening, kind of. Yeah, and it's getting worse. <laughs> yeah, I li- li- like like I said, I don't want to get. And it's too got big a into long ways. To, it's got a long ways to go. Yeah, it's like I don't like getting too big into politics, but if you look at it from a historical standpoint, Roman, Greek, uh, Babylonian empires, they all got power hungry, and then they were beaten by an- another country, which seemed not as big as them. You know, it's 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 all it's always these people wanting, getting greedy, and wanting more power to the point that it just crumbles on the inside. Be because because there's just so many rules, so many loopholes. It's uh, you know like a stock like a stock market crash almost. People are doing this really hairy stuff, and 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 you know the price keeps raising up and up and up. And oh, then you mean um, like hedge funds? Yeah, kind of like what, yeah. what you know what, what whatever they do. People are making these the doing these things because they're getting greedy and they want it to be worth more and more and more. And then all of a sudden, like the depression happened, it bottoms out. The same thing happens, you know, to 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 a government that gets gets uh forgive me uh gets too greedy, it it bottoms out. Suppose yeah, so. yeah, and 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 so it's kind of like history does repeat itself in in a, in a lot of ways, and I think that's what makes which po- is unfortunate you know. because isn't oh, yeah. that kind of the point of history? So that <laughs> oh, doesn't yeah. re- repeat so you don't learn from it, yeah. But I can't remember who said it, but um, he's a philosopher. He said um. Um, the biggest lesson you can learn from history is that not a lot of people learn from history mm-hmm. or something like yeah. that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um, that. That's that's why every historian is not a politician. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 why that's why the people who are you know, don't get me wrong. I think politics are have an importance. I think they have an importance of, of yeah to main, a degree. Yeah, yeah. Of of, of they a need check to and serve balance the people system. a little yes. bit more than themselves. Though. Yeah, exactly. But that's the problem with getting into politics is that there comes so many you know perks, shades of gray. 
Mm. There, there's so there's so many that happens inside it because you're building more governments like oh what about this and what about that and like where do we cross the line with this and that and the whole thing about you know politics and morality and you know as as the old phrase went well, you know separation like, of church seems and state like it's now like now yeah. people are giving up personal responsibility um, so that the government can have their responsibilities. There was, you know, I mean, yeah. the more laws get made, um, yep. the less responsibility for the individual to make the right decision. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the more responsibility placed on the government mm-hmm. to regulate people's decisions. Exactly. Did you ever see uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier? No, actually, I don't think I saw it. Maybe I saw it, but I don't remember it. Fantastic movie. Really? Not just because of Bucky being the Winter Soldier, because he's one of my favorites, but it's like it's in, it's one of the best Marvel movies of all time, and in my opinion, it's one of the best movies, action movies of all time. But there's a line where uh, the one of the bad guys from the previous movie, he comes back and he says, in the, mo- in, the in the modern age, you know, and this was like... 2011 2013 I think was when it was made he says the world is finally ready to give up its freedom in order to obtain its security mm. people are finally ready to wow that is a yeah that, that was a heavy line and it, and it keeps line. going and wow. and that's the funny that's thing exactly is exactly yeah. what's happening yeah and nobody listened to that yeah because it's a movie it's a Hollywood movie and and, no, and nobody learned it's like you know we were looking at it people are people are so scared of what happens outside and all the stuff that they do not know about. And even if people are telling the truth, who's to say that they are. And so people, people are just so scared. And so that they're, they're willing to do anything to be protected to save their own life, you know, to have their own security or the feeling of being safe. People are willing to give up so much. And, and that's, and that's kind of like the scary thing. And that's like, you know, that's why England became what it did, and that's that's why pirates became. We talked who about they this are, on so. the last podcast, and I think this is um, I think this is a time in our history, um, that we're starting to have uh, weak men create um, hard times. Create hard times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And out of those hard create, times, yeah. strong men are gonna come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, weak men create hard times. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Yep. Good times create weak men. If that's yeah. the cycle, you know that that is the cycle. <laughs> that's with yeah. any cycle. So it's it, cool, mm-hmm. but it's hard. Same mm-hmm. time, I wish. Um, <laughs> I wish. Um, sometimes I wish I was born earlier. But this is a really interesting time to live. Yes, it is. What a time to be alive with everything changing and, and, and so many things being questioned. So so many things being, you know, just changing the narrative, you, you know, changing the, the, the normal of, of what we know. But it's, it's funny you and I talk about that, but during our parents' generation, that happened a ton. The 70s and 80s were huge proof of that. You know, if, if it, se- it seems that changing the narrative... Or, or like the pendulum swaying back and forth doesn't really have an off time. If it sways to well, one way, during, it'll always I go back to I think during our parents' one, era, so. too, there's a better family foundation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think some people who have eccentric lives um, are very irresponsible with them. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening today, too, is we have a bad family foundation. Mm-hmm. So people with oh, yeah. eccentric lives cannot be responsible with them and can't make moral moral. Decisions. Decisions with their eccentricity. Yep. You know, people need to know how to control their um, 
eccentricity. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny how these people think that they know so much about like people in general, but yet the narrative of people has just kept changing over the years. Yeah. It, it, it's it's crazy. It's like you know, oh, I grew up in a in a household, so I know how like it is. It's like, well, not really. It's just how it is for its its time being. Mm-hmm. You know, it if you if you know if you know how it is, don't try to change it what it is right now. Change it for your kids. Change it for the future of of these people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't try to change the past. You know, if you know what didn't work in the past, so make for a better future. Yeah. You know, it's it's. There, there, there was a saying. What was it? This is gonna sound really goofy as heck, but I, but I loved it for what it was. Uh, in what was it? In Kung Fu Panda, the Turtle <laughs> Master, he says it's like, what is it? The past is history. Tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. <laughs> and 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 That's it's funny. it's it's just like it's like it's it's a kids movie, and you're yeah. like, whoa! <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> expecting this guy to be like That's giving awesome. me life lessons Maybe at I'll like use thirteen. That. I use that, and they'll be like, "Where did you learn that?" I'll be like, "Kung Fu Panda." Kung Fu Panda, <laughs> <laughs> Master Uguay. <laughs> that's funny. That's so funny. But yeah, it, it, and then, and that's and that's what we're saying. It's like you know, life 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 is a mess. There's no doubt about that. It's the world's crazy. Catastrophe. But you either make the most of it, or it makes the most of you. You know, you can choose True. for it to eat it up and try to get revenge on it, or your idea of getting revenge on it is just moving on from it. Let me t- let me tell you something. When when people you know when people get upset at you for 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 some odd reason or like you do something they don't like and you just move on from them and you're above the noise, they hate that the most. That's, that's why true. that's why people want control, especially these greedy people want control because they do not want you to avoid it, no matter what. They yeah. want you to be so involved in their life and how they think it should go without, you know, without, without giving you, so they, they, they want to be so, you know, attention, even, you know, whether you upset them or, or whatever happens, it's, it's so look at me that being above the noise is, is key. Being, it really you know, be, better, you know, because it's, because it's not, it's not about being better than other people. No. It's about respecting other people's opinions and standing up for, you know, it's standing up for the freedom of anybody. Yeah, yeah. What you believe, yeah. you know, don't give up, you know, with what you know, if, if, if yeah. it's what you know is for real. Right. So, that so that's kind of like the, yeah, it's kind of, kind of, kind of crazy the way, the way the world has run. But, uh, you know, and as, as much as I love to keep low expectation, the fun thing about doing that is that you're, supr- you're pleasantly surprised by, you know, you're, you're, you're pleasantly surprised by the positive that happens out of that with, with, with a low expectation, you know, mentality, you know, like that I've had, it's like, that means you're not disappointed in, in a lot of stuff. Yeah. You're more surprised than you are disappointed. Don't yeah. get me wrong. There's some things to be like expected because you know how things have just, just, you know, done in society or, or just in like when you, when you build something, you expect the result, you know, with the action consequence thing. Yeah. Reasonable expectations yeah. mm-hmm. are probably the best way to go because mm-hmm. too low, you're just a depressed, unmotivated person. Oh yeah. Ex- and, ex- ex- and too exactly. high, you just, you just get... But at the same time, you get depressed because everything's yeah, disappointing because, you. Yeah, everything disappoints mm. you all the time. It, it's, it's always... A, yeah. that, I mean, that's, and that's the funny thing about us humans is that we always have to find that happy medium. Yeah. We don't like it too cold. Yeah, we don't like it too hot. Reasonable expectations, so. <laughs> I think, is, is key. Mm-hmm. And you figure that out over time, maybe. Yeah. It, it, it's it's kind of like... Yeah. Towards your goal. 
with, with with the knowledge of like the action and consequence of, of what everything you know the consequence of the knowledge of the consequences of every action you can kind of adjust your expectations off of that pretty mm. much but for me in general it's always you know like a, a low like when building my car you know I expected there to be a catch I expected there to be something going on that didn't have that I didn't know about I'm like okay then we'll work with that mm-hmm. that's why you prepare that that's right. that's that's why there's always like a preparation stage yeah. or something like that so yeah so. definitely um Reasonable expectations. Yep. Reasonable not expectations. Makes for makes for a good life, though. Yeah, a lot of good for memories. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, small steps towards your goal. All that. Mm-hmm. That's great stuff. Always. All right. Yeah, that was wonderful. I think that that can conclude our night. Oh man, <laughs> so much more to talk exactly about. Exactly an hour fun. and fifteen minutes. Wow. Right. Beautiful. All right. Thanks for coming on, Josh. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Robbie. It's an honor. Honor being part of this great show. Awesome. Bye, guys. All right. Peace.